0: God. This is, uh,
1: I okay. I want this in the recording because I, I, I'm I'm going to get Josh to rewatch um, episode one after mm. he does this because he he said he never wanted to do the recap again. He hated the fact that he was first name on yeah. it. There you go. There we go. Mr. John Claude will be reading the recap this week. Mm,
2: he asked for it and everything. This is crazy. Oh, I know is. how how weird is that? I just thought. I just, I just wanted some airtime, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You don't ask you didn't get, there you go,
3: you're in. Yeah,
2: honestly, I will say more words here at the beginning, and I'll be silent for the rest of the session. (laughs) Yeah, I think we had
1: a comment saying, is Jean-Claude still in the podcast, so yeah, there we go.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Uh,
0: Jean-Claude.
2: Man, I I probably shouldn't have, I'm going to fuck this up because I haven't had a chance to pre-read it or anything. And um, sorry, that's me uh, every uh, week, mate. And after listening to the- Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Jean-Claude. In the last sessions, the Nine Hells Company licked their wounds in the safety of Sanctuary, finding themselves in a loose truce with Sigurdmund and Halazar, as they were summoned to a council by Elminster. All the leaders of every influential position of the Lord's Alliance convened at the table to discuss the coming war. After much back and forth in deciding what to do with the phylactery, Elminster decreed for everyone to set aside their differences, Unify their forces and venture to the cloud peaks to make a defense against the coming army of the dead. Shortly after, Gregory decided to leave behind his rivalry with Sigismund and requested aid from that guy, who's Laurel I don't remember him. Uh,
3: L'Oreal is a woman, she is the blonde lady. I
2: don't remember. (laughs)
3: L'Oreal Silverhand.
1: L'Oreal Silverhand.
2: L'Oreal. Shortly after, Gregory decided to leave behind his rivalry with Sigismund and requested aid from Lariel to help unbind him from his entrapment with the Devil, who currently held Domain over him. Through a wish spell, Gregory successfully ascended to a higher consciousness, unbinding him from the Watcher's grip. We left off with the party as they took a long rest in the safety of Sanctuary before accompanying Elminster to Candlekeep. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Jean-Claude. So, as you
1: all essentially retire to your rooms as um, how you left off was you all decided you wanted to take a long rest before embarking anywhere let alone accompanying El- Elminster or discovering how to destroy the tree, um which you already know the method of. Um, as you retire back to your rooms is there anything in particular anyone wants to do before they go to bed? I believe we ended last session with you Go into bed and doing any of this, but if there's anything that has cropped up that you're like, "Oh, I would like to prepare this or I'd like to do this before I go to bed um say now or forever be at peace,
3: so Oliver, is there anything you think that we should be preparing or doing?
2: I'm sorry, whose voice is that? I do not recognize that talking with God oh <laughs> who's zing. talking with God Ben. Ben. <laughs> fuck Ben. <laughs> fuck. What's your name? <laughs> what? <your laughs> <laughs> I built a fire over uh, there. <gasps> yeah. Don't you bring my mother into this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel
3: like we've never prepared anything before going into a battle before. And we went shopping and everything, so I feel like we're quite prepared. You know, but then you start yeah, saying doubt by saying, Oh, is there anything you guys want to prepare before going in? I think, mm, there probably is something we should prepare, but it's not really how we do things, is it?
1: I can I can say, um, if you want to spend some time before bed, uh, fiddle, you can like go back up to the council room where there would have been just maps screwing about everywhere of like sort of rough uh detailing that different factions have passed between each other in terms of where army movements are and in terms of the coming threat. Um, You can do that and glean some more insight if you so wish.
3: Yeah, that would be pretty good. Just get a lay of the current political landscape and where armies are and where people are.
1: Okay, yeah, roll me an investigation check. It might be good to refresh all your minds as well from last session.
3: Nice, that's a 13 I rolled. Okay, for a... (laughs)
0: <laughs>
3: this bend, ah, JC, you've come in too. Do you want to help me look through these maps?
2: Yes, I do. I think we should prepare for this battle. Something like came that? to me while I was having a nightmare. Have. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same okay. idea. Roll with advantage. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you, much better. 24. 24.
1: 24. 24. Okay, so going over briefly what I detailed last session Um, there's an army of the dead that's approached out from the jungle of Chult which is on a peninsula down the southern end of uh, Faerun Um, it has made its way up through the border kingdoms um, Kalimshan, Tevir and Am Um, it's just recently devastated Am and it's devastated the other kingdoms so the other kingdoms have been absolutely devastated by this army of the dead and Am is the most recent one to fall the army of the dead is pushing northwards and there is basically the defining borders between Am and the Sword Coast which is the Cloud Peak Mountain range um, in there is basically where Elminster decreed everyone uh, and you can see on all the maps is like pushed everyone sort of like little tokens so you get like little chess pieces or whatever that represents different factions all get, getting their armies to push towards the Cloud Peak Mountains so everyone is arriving there they're currently stationed at Waterdeep and you can see that there are boats that are um, getting ready to basically convoy all the armies all the way down towards the Cloud Peaks. Um, You've got Candlekeep just before the Cloud Peaks which is where Elminster um, Storm and Lariel Silverhand are heading to to basically bring the Candlekeep scholars into the fold and help essentially escort all the occupants from Cormir out of the kingdom as there is a second army of the dead which you have already sort of roughly encountered in the Mir forest coming through from the shining citadel portal so gleaning from that information you can assume there has also been another portal that's opened up around Chult similar to the shining citadel one that has released um, creatures of the shadowfell undead hordes uh that seem to be just wreaking havoc on the material plane so you know essentially where all the lords left off is they were all heading back towards their armies in water deep and they're all heading towards the cloud peak mountains
3: beautiful good to know so they're taking ships down are they like stopping at candlekeep and walking the rest of the way
1: yeah uh so that's essentially the plan is um to arrive at candlekeep and then march the rest of the way um some That's of them you can see there's some trick movements from like Eltergard.
3: Yeah, guard El Eltergard
1: and Boulders Gate. Gate who yeah. will be marching. Scarambell. But Scaram- yeah, the Scaram-Bell. rest are a bit further around, so Silvery Moon, Waterdeep. you did have the other one? Deep, Silvery Moon and Neverwinter, they're all sort of um, arriving at Waterdeep and then taking the boats down.
3: Beautiful. Beautiful. But, um,
1: yeah, is there anything else that you are asking for? Um, trying to use me as a soundboard for? Like, in terms of, like, is there something in particular you're thinking of that you want to prepare for? Or think you should bring? I
2: think so. I think um, we're can we like um make sure we've all got like charged flasks of the hearth and any sending stones we've got left are actually divided and not in like the bag of holding some shit i think we've only got one at the moment which is a real annoying aspect you did
3: you did buy some more from halazar ah did we beautiful good to know i'd completely forgotten yeah so that.
1: I, I actually think you got a surplus so you could give yeah. one to belladonna as well
3: Nice, perfect. So we've all got one Sending Stone, and Belladonna's got one.
0: Yeah.
2: Flasks the Hearth. Can I find a fireplace in my bedroom, or in the bar, or something?
1: Yeah, there's, where there's, are we? there's absolutely dozens. Um, you're, oh. you're currently in the chamber, Elminster's Minister's Chamber, where there was the big round table. Oh, yeah, okay, um, rock Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can go back to your room to find one. There's one in this room. Uh, there's there's one everywhere. Uh because you've mentioned
2: it you'll you'll be able to do that so cool yeah. Right. yeah that's all I want
3: then and then I assume a long rest nice um
0: yeah
3: and then I suppose or are we dashing no I think we're having a long rest and then we're dashing um Fiddle's I would like
1: still in a state of like um he had that fight um in the fey world uh about like two three hours ago mm. so he's still definitely very injured very hurt um along with uh Gregory as well, even though he's okay. Um that's not true actually. Gregory did heal fiddle, but he's still very much in like a very beaten up state. Mm-hmm. Same with Gregory as well.
3: Beautiful. John um, I think you were pretty okay. So I definitely need to go to sleep to help with that. Um I'd also like to just be thinking quite a bit about the phylactery. Trying to come up with some clever alternative to killing somebody we love in a hamlet next to a fishing village or whatever. And, you know, I'm not trying to research it or come up with a clever idea, I'm just going to think about it as I fall asleep, you know, and hoping that some genius will strike me. Um that that was kind of my thinking for
1: why you were heading to candlekeep because mm-hmm. um yeah like from a dm's perspective i was like okay that's an interesting choice and i assumed part of the reason was like you were going to ask them if there were other
3: methods <laughs> yeah, or different definitely. ways you could kind of definitely loophole this and by hopefully. the time we get you know once we get to candlekeep it will be a proper like research session like you know running mm. through libraries finding old scraps of paper Looking at any sort of information they have on any kind of phylacteries being destroyed in the past. But that'll all be like proper research. I just want to fall asleep now and have like a think about it as I'm falling asleep, as I'm drifting off. You know what I mean? Okay. That's when inspiration strikes. Just when you like half forget about it and half fall asleep. <laughs> so it might not work, but that's what I'm going to try and do. Okay. Okay, cool.
4: Uh, Gregory, is there anything you're doing? Uh, no, not particularly. I guess I'm still just kind of wandering around in a, a dazed state. Okay, so you're sort of just wandering around, still trying to find your bearings. Yeah, because I mean, I guess from like an actual um, character perspective, I have, have no idea what actually happened. Yeah, so you wish
1: for you to have the bomb broken with the devil, yeah. you no longer feel the tether,
4: but you still mm-hmm. feel Helm's presence. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's, uh, definitely... I guess I'd be aware of that, but I wouldn't be aware of you know what did did I sacrifice anything or okay? I guess I'm just sort of okay.
3: So hold on, did we did we just condemn Elizabeth to being trapped in hell forever? Don't or? think so. I think <laughs> unless yeah, unless your wish spell somehow freed her, you know, freed her spirit. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's on me. It's a question for a uh, for a cleric, I think, rather than a wizard. I think that's what mm. Fiddle is telling himself. Yeah, there's there's definitely
1: there's there definitely a... ways you could get answers to that. Um mm. in game. Like through different spells or mediums. Um yeah, yeah, there's a couple of ways you could get answers to that.
3: Yeah, I'll think about that later. Maybe I'll do like a contact other plane and see if I can contact Elizabeth. That'd be quite interesting.
1: Okay. Is there anything else anyone's
3: doing before they retire? Um, we've got to save the world before we can retire. But after that, retirement village. No more working. Heroes gold forever. <laughs> For all the
1: uh, podcast listeners, Ben's the funny one out of the group. <laughs> we don't have any if podcast can, listeners. If you couldn't <laughs> <can, can> tell. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> listening
0: after that one, they've they, all gone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay right so if there's no other business you will retire back to your beds um, listening to John Claude's screams as he tries to find his puzzle box as you all drift into a long and very comfortable sleep with long resting Gregory yes roll me
4: a religion check 18
1: in your sleep in your confused state As you try to figure out who you are or what happened. What has become of the fate of this Elizabeth? You know she means something, but what she means to you, you're not really sure. You know she's just someone from your past. And you should be concerned. You don't know why. Your dreams drift you off into visions of a floating tower almost like a giant castle turret that floats by itself and orbits around a plane the house of the triad its magical divine realm and the home of Helm the last time you were here as you have arrived here once before you arrived at the divine gates but saw the whole divine realm set aflame by blue fire this time It's intact, in all its radiant glory, it's gorgeous, you feel that peace. You find yourself standing atop this floating tower, again, almost like, bad analogy for this, but a satellite floating around a planet, you're just sort of orbiting around this divine realm, right on top, the very top of the turret, just looking over the edge. As the clouds pass by you and the wind blows in your hair. Ever watchful, looking over the divine realm. But it's strange, it's almost like your eyes, for the first time, see true. See far. You can see past this divine realm. You can see all the realms. You can see the whole cosmology of the, the realm tree. And all the planes and how they interconnect and how they all serve. The centre. The material plane where you were from. There was a man, Gregory Weisenhorn from from the Border Kingdoms. There was a man that had a wife. A man with an adopted brother. Seems like a stranger to you. But you can see him. You can see all the versions of him on this material plane, you can see everything. You can see his future, his past, his present, you can see all the tethers that bind them together and you can see where each strand leads and you can follow each strand and see what would have happened to this Gregory if he never met Elizabeth, Gregory if he saved Elizabeth and obviously Gregory if he lost Elizabeth. Is there anything you're thinking of at this time? Um,
4: I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm just taking everything in. Just taking in the perspective of, you know, I like can now see all of my mistakes, everything I could have done. And I suppose none of that matters anymore. You are as if born anew. You know, you're
1: learning to walk again. Mm-hmm. You've got all these new, different lengths. Again... You know, it's a dream. You know, this realm is on blue flame. Uh, on blue flame, it is on fire. Mm-hmm. This is a dream. Like this, isn't the realm it should be? At the same time, it just feels so vivid. Yeah. Feed me. Echoes across the realm. Feed me. It carries in the winds this deep voice. You recognise it. Something that's always stuck in the back of your head. Feed me. You turn on the spot and find yourself into a forest clearing, snow falling from the sky, just greenery surrounding you a sharp pointed rock in the middle of this clearing, with blood staining it and a blood splats that line a path all the way to a town. And in this clearing, you look across and you see a figure standing there. Not Sigismund, as you would expect, but you. You look down, you see yourself again, Gregory Weisenhorn, and you look across the clearing and you see Gregory Weisenhorn. But this Gregory Weisenhorn is pitch black, silhouetted out. You can. You barely discern any distinguishable features. He almost looks like a shadow that stands before you. The only thing that st- sticks out bright and burning as red eyes is you see this Gregory staring across from you. You are a weak man, Gregory. You think you can save the world from the blue fire. You think you can stop Aserak from returning all of us to the void. All you have to do is kill a man that has wronged you your whole life. And even in that you failed. You think it was just divine luck that I ended up back with the Nine Hells company? It was by design. You see... Malar was the first god Aserak to obtain command over. This ancient lich from another world approached me from the, the Amnizu, Offered us all the souls we desired. If we slayed the man that holds the power to reach Asarak, if we claim back the undead hands that that knave Sigismund stole, then we would feast in an endless void to all eternity. And as you see this figure across from you with his deep, deep voice, you see it is the entity of Black Razor, but in your image, standing across from you, he is
4: furious.
1: I As told you, you when we
4: first started our partnership, I wouldn't work for you for very long. They can consider our contract void. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's where we all end up one day. Some sooner than others. Oh, I had such hopes for you.
0: you
4: had I'm some sure you hate. did, but I'm. I have no use for any of it anymore and care about killing and care about Sigismund there's bigger things in this and I'm sure something like you can't possibly understand all there is to life is feeding souls, endless souls in the void
1: this is all that matters, this is the only truth the one truth before you all came along, before the material plane it was the void and me a forever hunger
4: I swore on Earth. And you made me forget that. I won't forget that Earth again. I won't kneel any longer. I'll no longer be a slave to your desires. You may still feed, but I won't be the hand that feeds you. Oh,
1: I'll feed. I have to settle for the soul of a man who fancies himself a god. And you see... The silhouetted shadow of Gregory Weisenhorn pulls Black Razor out from his back and gets ready to charge at you. I need you to roll me initiative. Ooh. Alright, 18. 18. What's uh, your initiative modifier? Uh, Zero. Okay. Send the approved initiative to the chat. We are seeing a face down between Gregory and Gregory. Gregory, <laughs> Gregory you are Gregory better. one. Okay. And Black Razor is Gregory two. So you are up first. Okay. Um, uh, you still currently have Black Razor in your hand, and he yep. has Black Razor in his hand. He is almost okay. an identical to you.
4: Uh, what are shit. you doing? Um. Oh yeah. Okay bum rush him let's do it okay. <laughs> um,
0: yeah how far let's away
4: is uh, 15 feet 15 feet 15 away feet. I'm sharing my screen with you feet. cool alright then let's do it yeah I'll rush at him and I'll uh, I'll take a couple of strikes okay roll me to oh, actually can I haste myself or is that count as an action it will do wouldn't it it will Yeah, I won't haste just yet, then. I will just go for the attacks. Okay. Alright. First one. 26. Yeah, I believe that hits your AC. It should do, yeah. Okay. Uh, I will. So that is... uh, 18 regular damage. And... 18, 11,
1: 29. Cool, so you strike once against this uh, shadowy silhouette, and as your sword casts through, it finds purchase, but you see it kind of almost dissipates as the blade Mm -hmm. casts through the body, and then it kind of reforms again. Um, It does do damage, like normal, but Mm -hmm. for flavour-wise, that's kind of like how this
4: uh, entity is sort of appearing to you. Okay, and then I'll take my second strike. That's 29. Uh, yep, 29 hits. And then I will throw on... Ba, ba, ba. Staggering Smite. Okay. That's so 19 slashing, 12 radiant, and then 9... Um, I guess... Uh, additional radiant damage? Okay. Uh, no, it's psychic damage. And now it has to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Wisdom is plus 10. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh you don't have any advantages on anything. That, that is going to be a uh 26.
4: yet yeah, saves. Okay. So at the end of your turn, Gregory? Um yeah, use my bonus action to pop on the thing. So yeah, that'll be everything. Okay, right. Black Razor Gregory's turn. He's gonna take two strikes at you. Uh,
1: the first one is going to be a. Uh, sorry, I'm just using your. Um, mm-hmm. D&D Beyond. Uh, 18 to hit on the first. Uh, it doesn't hit, doesn't it? And the second one is going to be a. Oh, 29 to hit.
4: 29 hits.
1: Okay, so the first one you parry away, and the second one kind of um, strikes up um your shoulder.
4: Okay, one D
1: eight, and it's going to put a divine smite into this as well. Twenty points of slashing damage to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eight points of radiant damage as he strikes up the um, second strike. So you parry away the first one, the second one slices up your um, the left side of your chest, and mm-hmm. then pumps a divine smite into you and kind of knocks you back a little bit. That's
4: going to be the end of his turn. All right, and I'll I'll come back in. And I'll swing Black Razor at Black Razor one more time. Twenty-two. That should just hit. Yeah, twenty-two just hits. Nice. Uh, then let's throw. So I'll throw a thunderous smite on. Okay. So that is. So 2d6 thunder damage. That's 7 thunder damage. Then 13 slashing. Okay. And 16
1: radiant. 16 points radiant damage. Mm -hmm. Another like quake across the forest.
4: Loud crash. Now needs to succeed on a strength check could be pushed back 10 feet and not prone ok that is going to be a uh, 16 Uh, yeah so the save is 16 so I assume he makes it ok yeah yeah so just makes it you
1: go to yeah. launch him back and he manages on his tiptoes just to steady himself
4: ok Have I done two attacks already was that my first one that was your first one Okay, then I'll take another attack. Okay. Oh, I said nat 20. All right, nat 20 Eight. definitely hurts. Very nice. Uh,
1: okay.
4: Okay, right. roll your dice, double it, and then add your modifier. So that's 19, and 19 doubled is... 38. 38. The 38 additional damage, please. Okay.
1: <laughs> Slow motion as your sword carves through black razor, the entity Mm -hmm. it slices through the shadow as it dissipates in half and then as you do you feel the cold grip of winter falling onto you from the snowflakes falling down onto your armour you see a portal open up behind you made of blue flame ushering you to enter
4: I told you you'd answer to me one day and then uh yeah I guess I go through the portal
1: okay you end up onto a floating tower orbiting around the house of the triad you launch through the portal and you see Black Razor standing there once again fully formed and ready to fight you again Roll me initiative.
4: Okay. Oh, that's a a nat one. Oh, dear.
1: So, it's going to be Black Razor attacking you first. Yep. Runs over. First one is going to be a 5 plus 13. 18 to hit. Does not hit. Nope. Second one is going to be a 9 plus 13. 22 to hit. Is that 23? Uh, 9 plus 13. 22. Ooh, 22 is my armor class, so it just hits. Okay. So, that is going to be, um... 18 points of slashing damage, and is going to put two points of divine smite into uh, sorry, a divine smite into it. 12 points of damage as um you go kind of flying up in the air before landing back down. As the tower itself, as you land, almost kind of pivots, like your weight <clears throat> is enough to shift this gigantic castle turret that floats around this divine realm. <clears throat> as that happens, Gregory you see a bright brilliant light erupts from your black razor in your hand it starts vibrating before this huge sunbeam almost like a god ray just beams off from it blinding you and the entity black razor alike you have to shield your eyes as you see it quakes through the divine realm and after a long moment your eyes come back to you your vision you look down and you see and place a black razor in your hand. Well, <clears throat> you can describe what the weapon is that you're
4: holding. <clears throat> uh. Okay, so yeah, essentially it's the complete antithesis of what black razor is. So instead of a black obsidian sword, it's now a um, a glowing beam of light. Um... Yeah, the hilt is is fancy. It's a fancy hilt. I don't know, Ollie. I had not prepared for this.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: <laughs> I, I, I think I think you
1: just your first sentence pretty much sums it up. It's the yeah, yeah it's the it's the night and day. It's the it's the day version of Black Razor, um, mm-hmm. ca- called Lightbringer, uh, a divine sword for a divine being.
0: Lightbringer, as
1: it now holds in front of you and as you move the sword, Gregory, you feel the tower move with the sword almost like a control rod it pivots with you, you feel the tower it is
4: in your control I am the tower Ok, it's your turn what are you doing? Um, ok, I'll charge him with a light ringer Alright Roll me to um. him 19 doesn't hit damn 19 doesn't hit this sword sucks
1: <laughs> see black razor in your moniker next over mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
4: then I'll take another attack uh, that's a 30 yeah he definitely hits so 15 regular damage plus um 12 additional radiant
1: Okay, so as you strike up, you feel like this does a lot more damage to Black Razor than it should. Mm-hmm. Almost like he's susceptible to this... this kryptonite blade. This this opposite sword. This sword mm-hmm. that... almost like it's Bane. As you see... Black Razor falls back onto one knee. <sighs> what is this? And you see... It's, it's very weird seeing yourself... You know, gritting mm-hmm. your teeth in this kind of evil form. Um, you see his face, there's almost like these horns protruding around to kind of form a crown, a bit like um, mm-hmm. the Night King sort of version. Um, yeah, a lot more of like an evil looking Gregory in front of you. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yeah, that'll be the end of my turn. Okay, right, he's going to roll to hit you again. Uh, that is going to be. I keep rolling fives for that one. So the first one misses. Mm hmm. Okay, that one should hit, 24. Does it. Okay, that is going to be 13 points of slashing and another divine smite uh, for 16. Okay. As he strikes up, first one misses, you parry it wide with Lightbringer, and then the second one, he stabs it straight into your lower torso this time and then pulls it back out, letting out, letting out a crimson
4: spit. Back over to you, Gregory. Okay. Um, I'm going to give myself a quick lay on hands if I can, if it counts as a bonus action
1: it's an action, I believe
4: uh, Shield of Faith, it is, yeah damn uh, in that case I'll keep fighting okay uh, I shall attack him with light alright, roll me to hit first one is a 33 yeah, definitely hits and I shall throw on. Another thunderous smite. So I'll do attack damage first. So 15 regular, okay. And 10 radiant, okay. And then five thunderous and he will also need to make another strength saving throw. Shrimp save and throw from Black Razor.
1: That is going to be a 15 plus eight, 23. That saves it, yep, to save. So he manages to stay grounded. Uh, do you have your second attack?
4: I do. All right, Romy me to hit. Uh, 31. Yep. Uh, so that's 20 slashing.
1: Okay. This black razor dissipates into shadowy mist once again. I don't See need a portal me, uh, open up.
4: Here's another Across one. For me. Okay. If <sighs> I have to do this a thousand times I will. Okay. Um before I go through, I would like to expend uh my lay on hands, please. Mm-hmm. Of course you can. Uh yeah, I use the four seventy.
1: Full 70. Okay, Gregory, you heal yourself, 70 hit points as you stand atop the orbiting tower of the divine realm for the triad before heading back through the blue flame once more. So, in this image, as you come through the portal, you see what essentially is here, if you imagine like a layer of, an abis- uh, of the abyss where mm-hmm. it's just obsidian rock the ground all around you and then encapsulating in this small circle almost like a clearing is dark mist and in this dark abyssal clearing we see a rock jutting up in the middle with a figure laying across from it and a blade stabbed through its torso. As you can see Black Razor the entity that's mimicking your appearance is stabbed by Black Razor the sword onto the rock you look over at this image and you can see he's looking over at you as um, he's struggling to breathe you see like his powers fading if you almost imagine like it chapter 2 where mm-hmm. he's sort of shrinking and his power diminishing it's sort of happening with that as you walk through the rift wings sprout out from your back You're wearing a different kind of armour to the one you did before. Um, I know that you have a little bit of a description for.
4: Yeah, so essentially my helm uh, now has wings on top. Uh, So like a crest, and there's like um, an eye made out of, um, I guess, diamonds in the middle. Yeah, and I, I don't know if
1: you wanted to go with the whole mithril themed armour, even though keeping it with your same armour, um, rather than taking the mithril armour. But yeah, yeah essentially. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. He's looking a bit more angelic, I guess, is a good word to encapsulate it, as you see this deformed, decrepit, and evil version of yourself stabbed up against a rock as it looks over to you with its red eyes and raises a hand reaching out for help.
0: <laughs>
1: Gregory uh, please! We can achieve so much more!
4: No, we can't. Not anymore. But I still uh, offer you hope. No, yeah, I might take a step closer while I get up to the rock.
0: Okay.
4: Uh, yeah, I'll draw Lightbringer.
0: Okay.
4: I offer you redemption, I plunge uh, Lightbringer down into my chest, well, Shadow Gregory's chest.
1: Yeah, I'll say that it'll hit, it's it's an easy enough target, he's not moving, he's stuck on the spot, You stab it through the Shadow Gregory's chest, you see his form is starting to fizzle out, is there anything else you're saying, or are you just waiting to see what happens? Find peace You see, he snarls at you As he, his body fades away, his arms fade away The legs, he snarls at you I <sighs> hope Elizabeth enjoys hell <clears throat> As, um, You see his snarl fades away with his face And Black Razor Becomes stuck in the stone and all the shadow dissipates around you. You see that is essentially due to your divine power become burnt into the rock and the surrounding area to you what looks more like an abyssal plane reveals itself to be a mountain. mountain of white plume where the sword is laid to rest and hopefully out of anyone else's grip. And with that, you all take a long rest. And wake up in the morning. You all hear on your doors, um, fiddle and JC, you first. Hello, wakey wakey, as um you start hearing the familiar voice of the cubold waiter who stands outside your door and he's like knocking on the door. Ah, uh, I have an El- uh, a message from Elminster. Can I come in? And he's just like knocking on um your door, John Cord.
2: Yes, you may come in. Get in here okay. already. Get it over with. I'm sick of hearing from you already. He walks in. He's like
1: Elminster wants to, you all to get ready in 5 minutes as he's uh, leaving for Candlekeep and he said if you're coming, you better come now. <laughs>
2: Thank you very much. Get out. (laughs) Do you want me to stay and help you dress? (laughs) I will fucking finger your bum all with this cactus. I suggest you fuck off.
1: You see, Belladonna's behind you already. Like, grab it. I'm going to grab for the bow. He's like, okay. <laughs> done the cactus. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in five minutes, and then he does the same to each one of you. So you next, um, fiddle. Mm. It's like, uh, Elminster wants to come see you. Do you want me to help you dress?
3: No, I'm all
1: good. Thanks. Tell him I'll okay. be there. Okay. And then comes to as Gregory, and he's like, "Hello." Away okay. from me, beast. Okay. And then like sleeps back out. <laughs> So, you'll get dressed and you'll meet each other outside the foray of where your beds situate and uh, the moving staircase is before you up towards Elminster's chamber. Is so there anything you're doing before you go?
0: Um,
3: I'm not sure, no. Did I have any crazy dream about how to fix the um, phylactery situation? Um, in terms of a dream, you can roll me a history check. A history check, not arcane. Yeah. Uh,
1: this is more recalling your recalling your studies. Um, they are studies into the arcane, so I think the there arcana. is an argument you could use
3: use arcane. So mm. yeah. Your intelligence I'll, I'll arcana check measures your ability to recall lore about spells, magic items, eldritch symbols. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm convinced. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: No, no, this is, this is all why players should argue their points because, yeah, mm. like sometimes, sometimes they are right. Sometimes. 26. Sometimes. Not very often, but
0: sometimes. No. <laughs> 26.
1: 26. Okay, so as you go to sleep and you think about the studies in Candlekeep and um, scouring through the vast library they have and you, you feel like you tapped barely 5% of it when you were there. Um, Because, again, you didn't have full um, admin. You weren't a avowed you were a seeker. Uh, You do believe that there was a forbidden section on necromancy that um, you did uh, find your way into, accidentally, Mm -hmm. quotations. And it did talk about phylacteries and the unique magic to it because it doesn't convey to the lords of the weave. It doesn't convey out of game terms, the mechanics of D&D um, in, in the fact that it's almost like an ancient rit- ritual that you have to recreate. Um, there are ways around this. Uh, it's not the only way to destroy a phylactery and you feel like if you pursue that course of action back in Candlekeep you might find some more answers. Okay,
3: interesting. Interesting. So I need to think of some other clever way to do this and hopefully there will be some help in Candlekeep because it doesn't convey to the rules of D&D which in universe means it doesn't convey to the rules of the weave so I need to find some way of not using the weave which out of D&D means I need to convince the uh so to (laughs) give you
1: a more straight answer there are other methods to destroy an affylactery
3: beautiful that's good to know I just need to convince you to allow us to use one.
2: <laughs>
3: Essentially, as you all meet outside the f- yeah, need to discover one in universe. <laughs> yes, very nice. I like it. Okay, um, yeah, straight to candle yeah. line, I think today.
1: So you all meet outside the foray. Um, you got the moving staircase in front of you. You see that some of you have had a better night's sleep than others, with um, John Cord screaming from his PTSD and. Gregory seeming a bit distant than usual.
3: Okay, Gregory. Yes, yes, Fiddle, I do believe I am. Nice. Good. 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 Nothing
0: to worry
3: about. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> yeah. good. Nothing to worry about indeed. And we also nothing go? to worry about it at all.
1: He My he looks goodness. he looks different than before. And the main thing that you notice, Fiddle, is where the fuck's Black Razor? Got a different sword mm. on now and different armour.
3: You no, know you're looking awfully less evil today. Yes, fiddle. Yes, I am.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no evil sword on your back. I like it. Check this out. I pull Lightbringer out. Shing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I feel like you've all so, got the head yeah. I- image. Yeah. To the chorus of angelic <laughs> singing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, what's going on with my levels, by the way, Ollie? What's happening?
1: So, Gregory Wydenhorn is now level
3: twenty. You bad, guy. You what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So good to know.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, I'd so, like
4: to preface this by saying that um, I only asked for a level twenty spell,
0: mm, just like my this. last
4: one yeah that's all i asked for but ollie said you know what given what's <laughs> gone on you might as well just be level 20 and i said well you know what if that's the way you want to do it <laughs> if i'm gonna do it if I
3: must. yeah i'm uh, very happy sounds amazing yeah, that's cool. sounds beautiful hmm. so yeah uh, yeah, yeah you got to so yeah, take, take angelic take, you know, gregory take, take a couple of steps back so he pulls out this sword and like he mans it up to the sky and some sunlight comes in through the window and Beams down onto him. <laughs> I just take a couple of sort of steps back and lean over to JC. I go, does he. does he look stronger? Does he look like more capable? I think he would take more punches to like knock out now. Well, I did think
2: he'd put on weight.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, it's a stressful time for all of us, alright? <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> What's that, fatty? <laughs>
2: hey. It's cannon now. Yeah. He's
1: a fat four.
4: <laughs> I'm uh. still worthy.
0: <laughs> that was good.
4: <coughs> nice. Well, I like your new sword. It's amazing. Yes. It really is. You never believe what I had to do to get it. What? I had to kill Black Razor several times. Really? Really, you look just like me. Bit See, of a prick if you ask knew me. You were evil, but it sounds like you've killed your evil part. Yeah, I know, right? Nice. That's subconscious nice. for you.
3: You know what? Put it there and I put my hand out to shake his hand.
4: I I go, ah, I put nah, it back wait, down.
3: Hold on. <laughs> I like gotta take it back. I go that. Nah, nah, actually, yeah, Now nah, go on. I go to put my hand out again. <laughs> Huzzah. 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 Welcome,
4: non evil Gregory. We hope.
0: Wow. Well, I've actually been thinking
4: about the uh <laughs> <laughs> actually been thinking about the name of the company. What do we call ourselves the Nine Heavens?
0: <laughs> kind of um,
4: wish. terrible, <laughs> but we'll
3: we'll work on <laughs> it. I'm open to a conversation about changing the name because Nine Hells is a bit wrong, isn't it? Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: as you two are talking, Belladonna pulls you aside, John Claude, and um, she's like, uh. John Claude, I've been thinking um, about this task that we've been set by Elminster with the phylactery. Um I know you lot are um, saying about finding different ways to maybe go around it, but if
2: it if worse comes to worse you can shoot pie We already did this last week. I volunteered as tribute and we're going to candlekeep. Don't you worry about it.
1: Yeah, but I don't. I don't want you no, to. Fall no,
2: into yeah, it. no, 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 no. it's all right. I got this. Don't worry, guys. I think.
3: I think I might be able to think our way out of this one. I'm not convinced. Trust me on can this. Can we
1: not just? Can we not just put Fiddle in there? I mean, like, sh- like how how close are you two really? Like, you've only known him like a month. Well, if he's What's not that close to me, love it love won't work. It, yeah, it's got to be a love if run.
3: Only... Yeah, shut up, Bella Donna, you idiot. <sighs> Trust me on this. I got this. I think I'm just gonna be able to think our way out of this. I think. But your your plans never work. I mean, Gregory's. They always himself. work. What well, the. Shut the fuck up, Belladonna. Oh, Whoa. Are you, gonna, are you gonna let him speak to me like
1: that, John Claude?
3: just like looking over at you.
2: My plans never work. What the fuck? <laughs> You're a big girl. You can stand up for yourself, pet.
1: <laughs> Alright, fair enough then. No, I'm just fiddle... Fiddle in the cabinet is <laughs> Just for the lols. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah! Okay, so you... You, <laughs> you all head up to Elminster's chamber. As you walk through and you see the large circular room, you can see Elminster is currently sat there waiting for you lot, along with Storm and Larry L. Silverhand either side. The two... Six foot tall, um, half-elven woman with long silver hair. You see Elminster himself is in a wheelchair. And Storm and L'Areal are sort of like standing either side, like got a hand on there, but um, assuming was going to push him around, he's like, "Ah, oh, finally.
3: You uh, had a nice sleep in, did you? <coughs> We're now well-rested and ready to save the world. All oh, right. Mean. So you're coming with us to candlekeep, then well that was the plan but I think um I think Belladonna so sort of knows, knows best I think she she might have to come up with the plan this time isn't that right Belladonna? she's looking over at you and she's like got a problem uh, with this plan?
1: no it's a good plan thank you <laughs> you see um Elmish is looking around he's like right stay close don't slow us down. We are short on time. I have set you a task and I expect you to fully see it out. We need all of us to pull together now. And you see um, he starts like um, wheeling with Lariel behind him towards the room to the left, which leads to all the teleportation circles with Storm trailing behind and ushering for you lot to join him.
3: Sounds good. Are we, so, are we going to candlekeep, yeah? Sorry, are we going to candlekeep Elminster?
1: yes, uh oh yep, sorry, yes, yes that's exactly where we're going now, good, good, perfect, and away, and away, and uh you see they <laughs> come up into this uh long turret on this tower um again, there's loads of um smaller turrets that jut off from this um uh, piece, and in each individual turret that juts off is a different teleportation circle to a different bit of Faerun. There seems to be dozens upon dozens upon dozens. You feel like Elminster in his head has picked up a lot of teleportation circles over his years, and has all manifested them in this plane. Um, nice. There's absolutely uh, there's there's towers that lead off to places that are completely irrelevant it's like a teleportation circle that is about two minutes walk away from the other one but there are they're, they're absolutely loads it's this whole catalogue that seems to be just laid out for all there and it leads to the one Candlekeep and Candlekeep only has one turret that juts off which is to the house of the avowed I believe or the pillars of pedagogy that one. Uh, that is the one where you all went into the teleportation circle and went over to Kormir. He leads through. And then, assuming the rest of you come through, he lights up the glyphs, and you all travel to Candlekeep.
3: and no, so not even so. Elminster can teleport into Candlekeep proper. Hmm.
1: So, for all the listeners um, listening, uh, the references I've used for Candlekeep um, is all on the DMs Guild and I highly recommend them. Um, we did like a short little adventure here, um, there was a lot more to do um, with my party, but we had a little bit of an adventure here and there was very little on Candlekeep, even in Candlekeep Mysteries, in terms of the inner Awards, so I really recommend these resources which is Candlekeep Confidential on the DMs Guild. By Wizard Sleeve Studios and Candlekeep Codex, which is Exango Games. Sorry if I butcher that. Um, but anyway, this is where I've pulled these resources, which I'll I will leave links to in the description. Um, I want to say thank you, Bobby and T, for bringing up um, mentioning that as well, because that is something I wouldn't mention otherwise. Uh, in a Previous session. So, as you come through the teleportation circle, you see there is an avowed there at the desk at the bottom. Um, You see Elminster sort of like um, in his wheelchair, kind of bouncing down all the stairs. Uh, He's having a rough time of it, constantly coughing and spluttering. Before you head out into the court of air, there is neither a tree nor a well that decorates this wide stone courtyard. You see people dressed in black robes of various different races walking in small groups across the courtyard. Similar to school kids hanging out during their break, you see other small groups, people wearing brown robes, seemingly more vigilant and keeping an eye on all the black robed individuals, seeming like the teachers of this courtyard. The tall stone walls that form this uh, area reach around to the other side of the corner next area of Candlekeep, so this seems to be one of two courtyards. There is a closed giant emerald door that bars the way to that other courtyard as you head over towards the emerald door the emerald door is the main point of entry to the inner ward and sits on the western wall it's 15 foot tall and made of translucent dark green stone that shimmers with an inner light uh, with this I'm going to have Fiddle and anyone else that is proficient in arcane roll me just an arcane uh, arcana check that one that one okay um assuming no one else is proficient um yeah you know there's lots of wards on this door I'll,
4: I'll take a i'll take a role are you proficient is it, in it uh, i do not think he is yeah. there, then,
1: then i'll, I'll say <laughs> i feel bad that's a good role as well um yeah it is th- yeah the proficiency and expertise is um what i'm trying to implement is sort of like your passive so in terms of your passive perception and investigation this is just stuff your character would look for in a day-to-day Hmm. Um, that check would have been specifically for Fiddle or anyone else with the Arcane to actually detect what kind of spells are on the door. I mean, if we're looking at my palm. passive Arcana, it would be a 26. <laughs> what do you mean your passive Arcana?
3: Well, your passive is like 10 plus whatever your modifier is, right?
1: Y- y- well, yeah, but it's, um, <laughs> it's not like the free given.
3: Yeah, um, no, I get it.
1: Yeah, there's lots of wards on there. Um
4: Gregory's right. like, Oh oh yeah, I see lots of wards. Yeah. You wrote a Nat one, but I mean it wasn't for like anything else really though, was it? You, had, you still had your modifier which put it up to seventeen.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah but, but
4: Nat one's a Nat one. Ollie runs yeah, it. Ollie runs one. the games
3: yeah. as a Nat one is a net one. But nat yeah, you are we right. one. Rules just written it'd be a yeah. seventeen. But I like the I like the Nat one as a Nat one because it means yeah. that a Nat twenty is always a Nat twenty. Which yeah, is quite nice you, as you well.
1: always have a chance to succeed, even if it's something that's unreachable to succeed. Yeah. Which is the main reason why I, I do that rule. Um. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, in front of the emerald door is Gate Warden Zerus, which um, to jog your memories, I'll send the photo aid over, but it's a tall tiefling male. Uh, with uh, long curved horns, a uh, long black robe and a staff. He's got glazed over white eyes, uh, if you picture Heimdall from the uh, four films, uh, sort of similar to those themes. As, um, yeah, teeth for mail, white eyes, long black cloak. Uh, the Keeper uses runners to find seekers lodging at the House of Rest and places a study at the Pillars of Pedagogy for messages back and forth, uh, which is information you lot already know. As you walk behind Elminster, in his wheelchair, and his wheelchair has caused an absolute ruckus in this courtyard as the wheels roll over the stones, creating tons of noise before it stops steady in front of Gate Warden Zerus. As you see, not even acknowledging him at first as he approaches, before looking down. Ah, Elminster, how long's it been? He sees the creature. I have no time for this, sheriff. Stand aside, let us through. And you see, Zerus looks round at the rest of you and then looks back at Elminster. And he's like, Are you all looking for passage into the inner ward? And you see, Elminster's like, Oh, for God's sake. Yes, man, obviously. Now move aside, his time is short. And you see, he's looking around, he's like, Do you have a pass? Do all of you have a pass? And you see, Elminster's like, um, massaging his nose, he's like, No, I do not have a pass. I sent a letter to Illustrial is here in the inner ward just past those bloody walls if you just go and get her and you see xeris just cuts him off straight away and he's like if you do not have a pass you cannot enter ar- um, across the
3: emerald door you do not <coughs> yeah, make he...
1: exceptions even for you elminster
3: um you do, around, like, does, does, Elmin- does okay. candle keep letters in if we have a book that they don't have is that still a is that the rule originally or do you need a pass specifically I you see, reading six, so you- something that you could, you know, if you give them a book that they don't have their, in their library, they let you in. Hmm, I
2: shouldn't really have a pass?
3: I've been in. Um, so you... You, you haven't been in, no. I had a pass, but I needed to get it, like, renewed, and it only lasted like seven days or whatever. So, um... <clears throat> essentially how this works, um...
1: Because uh, obviously it's been a while since we've been back here, anyway. Uh, to get into the Court of Air, which is the first area you're in and to become a seeker is a book to get through the first Mm. gate but to get through the emerald door you have to be an avowed or you have to be um sponsored by an avowed and it lets you in for a ten day um but essentially all seekers stay in the court of air there are lodgings in there there are study areas but if you want to get a book from the library you have to get uh, an avowed to go through the emerald door for you and bring it out yeah um is is very is very much just one of those very RC As you know you have to follow the rules you, there's no exceptions for people and you can see elminster is definitely um falling into a trap you lot did um last time with um gate warden Zerus. Okay. and you see this uh tiefling female run up who you will recognize as a val- old lildani hey lildani I recognize who you. fiddle you recognize and she's like oh hello hello
3: <laughs> do you remember when we were supposed to meet um <laughs> of course i do i never forget anything unfortunately i've been uh saving the world Is that you right heard of you heard of the army of the undead ams just fallen Yeah, you heard about
1: the forbidden book that I took out the library to get for you. Only for you to not meet me. What do you mean? You asked me to go get a book from the library. I went and got the book. Yeah. I went to the meeting place where you asked me to meet you. The Alcaster. You weren't there.
3: The Alcaster? No, the other one. Ah, I see. I see. Mm. I do remember. Mm. Yes, of course I remember. Mm. Very sorry about that. As I said, the uh, what do you want, Game orders Eris And you see, she just completely
1: <laughs> cuts you off. Um, and Damn. you see, he's like, Lil Darnie, can you please run a message to Illustrious Silverhands that Elmer's uh, and his companions are seeking entry through the Emerald Door? And she's like, right away. And she gives you one like last like kind of snarl fiddle before going through the
3: Emerald Door. Um, just quickly. Yes, uh, I want to make I want to make it up to you. Um, here, and I hand her Acererak's spell book. You see, her always glow up. <laughs> are you serious? I, I'm serious. This is more important than anybody. We are here to literally save the world. Please help us with whatever you can. I want to make this right. So this
4: is yours now. By, by the way, Fiddle, he's a tripod.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I've got you, Fiddle, don't worry about it. Hey. <laughs> it's uh, 23. 23?
1: Uh, as she goes to go through the door, and you notice as she goes to enter the door, the door that's semi-translucent almost becomes um, completely transparent there's just the outlines of the door that kind of remain and the green hue that kind of uh, lines the edges of the gap and then she steps away and the door kind of um, reverts back into its uh, semi-translucent form before she walks back down the steps, past Gatewilder's Eris towards you, Fiddle, takes the book looks you up and down and looks over at Gregory and she's like, is that true? Oh, completely look at me, would I lie? No She looks over at you, fiddle, looks you up and down once more. She's like, We can talk. And then she walks around and goes to
4: walk back through the Emerald Door and disappears. Pretty good being a (laughs) god. Pretty good.
0: You're
3: not a god. (laughs) Pretty good. You're like a champion of God, or like.
1: You see, you see, Elminster (laughs) looks over his shoulder up at you, Gregory. He's like, All right, pipe down, mate.
4: We're all you've got three chosens of Mistra here, so you know, yeah. But how many chosens of Helm are there? Just the one, (laughs) it's just gonna be a long wait. (laughs) gonna
3: (laughs) say except you're welcome?
1: So you're essentially waiting outside in the court of air for an hour to get some word back so if there's anything you want to do in the downtime or we can skip ahead the hour um okay right after an hour you see oh, wow. a vowed <laughs> a vowed little darnie come back through the emerald door and following her uh is this half elven female six foot in stature long silver hair that falls down past to her thighs um wearing long robes and is uh carrying a staff to a side you feel like you're seeing deja vu or something as you look to the two twin sisters and look over and there's a third and you're hmm. like what the fuck is going on there's a, a they, they all have this they all have distinguishable features but they all look the same they all have the long silver hair they all have the beautiful high cheekbones the uh, chiseled jaw the long slender figure um very tall um and all seem to be arcane um have some sort of arcane ability as um, this uh, third sister comes through as Illustrial Silverhand.
3: Illustrial Silverhand, it is lovely to meet you. My name is Fiddle, I'm with the Nine Hells, and we're here to try and save the world. You see, she looks over at you. Um, I took a
1: screenshot. Uh, of the photo aid, but you know, just take care, you will. She's like, "Oh, thanks." Because <laughs> it, it obviously, it's just it does, that's just the resolution of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I I thought I thought the photo was a, a, a Discord friendly photo. I was wrong. Um, yeah, it works. Yeah, she she looks over at you, Fiddle. She's like, "A pleasure, Elminster. If you want to come free." and you see Elminster who's like been like completely grumpy this entire hour and just been like huffing and puffing on the spot like, oh, it's about time and see he stands up and kind of pushes the wheelchair back and takes a uh, walking stick and starts and, sort and are, like, up. walking up past Gate Warden Zerus who kind of just looks over emotionless at um, Elminster as Elminster looks up at him and sticks his tongue out at Zerus before walking past very childish um, as he walks past uh, are we not coming? Are we
3: going with him or? Yeah, we walk. Yes, home.
1: obviously you're all coming okay. with us. Come on,
3: hey okay. Jesus Christ! Okay. Uh, Helms bells. It's Gregory's bells now, actually. <laughs> Gregory's bells.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the DM is regretting his decisions already. <laughs> this guy's bells. Come on, <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> So. You walk past the emerald door into the inner ward. You are met with the miasma of misshaped buildings, tall pointed spires and general arch- architectural chaos Candlekeep is known for. All the buildings to the northern side of the ward, which take up a huge chunk of the area, looks as if the buildings from different regions of the world have been, have been plonked on top of one another and held there by bridges that connect one building to the next. One of the tallest buildings, sits in the centre of this ward. Exaltation. A huge fortress of a building that reaches to the clouds with its highest of three spires. In here is where most of the Avowed live and where classes, offices and general study of magical arts practiced. The whole ward is centred around this one building. So as you walk in, you walk through the Emerald Door and you see there's these um, kind of uh, golems almost like shield guardians that kind of stand guards that have these anti-magical cone effects um, that again all, all of this is familiar to you because you've all come through this side once before and you see waiting on the other side is a figure you recognize fiddle
3: my man uh, so as he looks over he's like great oh, brandy
1: oh, by my bed
0: brandy
1: <laughs> Come here, my old friend, and he kind of Come um, comes in to embrace you for a hug, um, kind of kneels nice, down. Yeah. I make a, I make so, a box that I can stand on and give him a big old hug. <laughs> okay, so you, it's, it's, it's quite a heartwarming hug as well. He's very welcoming, very warm. Um, brings you in, and he's like, um uh, Elminster, it's just um, a, a pleasure to. And you see Elminster cuts him off. He's like, This is no time. Come on need to speak to the council now and you see Elmister starts like walking on with the uh, walking stick and you see Brantafrat looks over at you for and he's like he's a bit grumpy isn't he?
3: he is yeah but you know what can you expect it's mm, very very old and you know trying to save the world and it's difficult saving the world I'm not gonna lie hanging out with great see? wizards and gods but you know, we knew I we, we knew I would go far when I left, right?
1: Yes, this is true. Well, can I tell you a secret?
3: Um, of course.
1: Elminster, he's um, he's a bit of an asshole.
3: <laughs> that's no secret. <laughs> oh. well, that's no secret. Not to so. anybody who's met him. Yeah, this is true. Um,
1: come on then. And you see, like, uh, walk side by side with you, Fiddle, and sort of having a quick catch-up as you head towards the... Um, you know, yeah, I tell him what's happened.
3: Thing. Tell him we got the phylactery. Tell him we... Uh, it, basically everything that's happened. I speak to him about the, um, the research that I'd like to do into how a, an alternative way, because Elminster has tasked us with basically killing one of our own, and I think that's a bit of a dick move, so I'd like to not do that and do it some other way. And yeah, see what his opinions are. Use him as a bit of a sounding board. And you know, an expert of Candlekeep, somebody who lives here, he might have a good idea of where to go. Hmm. Well, precision check. Two. Another one. <laughs> Don't believe it.
1: <laughs> he seems to have no more information. He says um, you may be free to search library um, depending on certain circumstances being met um, but isn't isn't
3: very giving on what those circumstances are Mm, yeah I think my my talk about candlekeep just goes into like a bit of a rant about how they're terrible and they hide information from people who are just trying to do it everybody who lives there is an idiot and just Mm. stifling the world of education And then too late, late, I realised, and I go, I mean, obviously not you. Obviously not you. You're, you know, you're alright.
1: You were never one to stay in the educational format. I know, you're free spirit.
3: Not the format they've got. You've got to agree, it's a disaster. An absolute disaster. The problem is that evil wizards are always going to get their hands on the information they require. We just don't have enough heroes in the world to save them. We stifle the knowledge because we're too scared of Aserachs and the... and the, uh... Malars of the world to bother giving anybody a chance of hell of defeating them. We have the information here to defeat him and we just... we don't bother, we lock it away. Too scared for our own good.
1: You may be right, my old friend. But... a lot of people have... A lot of conflicting opinions and we have to come to one consensus and it might not be the one we like but it's the one that keeps us alive keeps our history alive yeah
3: i'm sorry for insulting your home and insulting your way of life we're okay right
1: of course we are you're a friend you're always welcome thank you Brenty. um you do you do feel like there's the undertone of like he is a great reader and he does have responsibilities that take Mm. him above the affections he has and you do feel like when he says uh, there might be stipulations that need to be met you've got a fight on your hands in terms of like trying (laughs) to get whatever you want any sort of leeway with these guys is going to be a bit of a fight as you arrive up into the chamber so you travel into um exaltation again um the way i kind of pitch this is almost like a hogwarts sort of style layout um I know I've used that with the stairs already, but like you've got the mess halls in here, you've got the classrooms, you've got the offices. A lot of the day-to-day studies um, take place in Exaltation, the big building in the centre. Yeah. And you find yourself travelling to one of the um, side turrets, which is another thing I seem to be saying a lot. Um, You enter onto this large stone disc that fits into the recess of the floor. And it runs the perimeter of the turret. It is huge. It's enough to fit about 20 people on there at once. You'll step on. And you see uh, Brantifract. uh, Whispers a command word. And the glyphs on the stone disc all light up around you. Lighting up the turret into a blue hue. And the elevator starts lifting up. (laughs) As you start floating up. Um, You feel like you're floating up for a good like two, three minutes um, up this turret as it is absolutely huge. Before you reach the top and as you come level with a archway, you see in front of you seems to be the great chamber of Candlekeep where all the great readers meet. You see there is a large open plane floor with a circular sigil in the floor in the center where people go to stand on to speak and then on the opposite side there's a raised platform with a long table where all the great readers are already sat there is five in total there's four there and they're waiting for Brantifact to walk around so as you all exit into the chamber you see Brantifact walks around and joins the table in front of you you see there's Great Reader Brantafrak, which I've already sent the image aid for. There is Great Reader Finland Canavaro. This character here, Finland Can- Canavaro, who is a elderly halfling or gnome, elderly gnome. Very nice. Uh, great Reader Avondar Alof, who is a drow. Very beautiful in features, um, very handsome. Great Reader Bartholomew very rugged, he's got uh, sort of like rags that drape over his head and he's got a long grizzly beard and seems to be um, very much one with nature very druidic in um, his look and sat in the center of all of these you see a small gnomish fellow a long very groomed triangle-like beard with a um, flit at the end moustache he is wearing a sorry a medium length uh, white hair that kind of slicks back and falls past his ears. Um, he is wearing robes that have many different eyes that are all looking out from it, and you see he is staring directly at all of you. As you see, Keeper of the Tomes, Archibald Zanato. Oh, sorry. What's
3: your name? Archibald. Archibald.
1: <laughs> S- sitting directly at the center. You um, fiddle, uh, actually I have all of you roll me a history check because this is a new scene, so it's the passive. Right, it's 23. 23. 17. 17. 19. 19. So all of you recognize this, this is Keeper of the Times is the highest honour in Candlekeep. He is essentially the one that runs the day to day. You've got the great readers underneath him who serve as the council. Um, Sorry, he doesn't work with the day to day, but he does all the major decisions and is sort of like the head. Um, If you get, uh, take like the College of Winterhold, for example, and um, uh, the Archmage, uh, sort of that position. And then you've got the great readers underneath him, which is all of them that I mentioned previously who run the day-to-day, all in different sections of study, but he is the main figurehead for Candlekeep. As you see him sat there with all these stairs, and it's a very hostile environment, it feels very cold in here, and it feels very quiet, and um, again, as I mentioned to Fiddle before, it seems like you have a fight in your hand. As Elminster walks in, his walking stick echoing across the chamber walking forwards and he looks over at the rest of you the Nine Hells he's like well uh, I've come here to aid. so if any of you want to intervene at any point if you feel like the conversation is going south feel free to we've uh, gonna take a lot to sway these lot, especially that Archibald he's uh, more stubborn than I am as um he walks over and essentially I'm not going to RP this because one it's gonna take a fucking lot and I'm not that talented but two um, I quite like the idea of a scene playing out with the three silverhead sisters behind him you've got Archibald who is this equally arrogant elderly wizard basically trading jibes trying to one up each other with Elminster and Elminster in this conversation is basically saying you need to bring your mages into the fold you need to help us um, basically do an extraction mission with Kormir to bring all the knights over um, to help with the coming fight we need the mages without them we can't get the purple dragon knights over and with Archibald saying you know why should we? We need to protect the books. Um, the army of the dead is on our doorstep. If they do get past the defences, you know they could attack Candlekeep, and they need to be there. La da 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 da. So that's sort of the scene coming out, and it's coming to a stalemate. The debate, as you three are kind of—what, well, sorry, you four with Belladonna—are standing at the edge of the chamber, watching this unfold. Like, what are you all doing?
4: Well, this doesn't seem to be going anywhere fast, is it?
3: No, it doesn't. It doesn't... I cast mass suggestion... (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And a
1: fireball lands on your eyes.
3: (laughs) I really don't know what to say.
4: I do. If I may interject. You see, the chamber falls silent and all the great readers look over at you. The fact that we're still stood here having this argument, to me, is ridiculous, as it should be to all of you. Clearly you're some of the greatest minds on the continent, but yet you still can't manage to see the fact that if you don't act now, there won't be any more books to safeguard. Burn down along with the rest of the entire world. There won't be a candle keep, and no candle keep means no books. So, if we could um, stop uh, squabbling. And you
1: see Archibald. You see Archibald kind of adjusting his chair, and he's like, um, sorry, uh, sorry, um. <coughs> hey, <coughs> hey, who
4: are you? My name is Gregory Weisenhorn. I've never heard of that name before. Uh, have we oh, heard well. that name before? And he
1: looks over at the great readers and you see they're all shaking their heads. Mm. He's like, no, we well. haven't heard that name before. What
3: qualifications do you have? He's with me. Oh. Jator Josie Vaudrick Fiddlesong Goldflight.
1: Jator Josie Fiddlesong Goldflight. Do we know a Jator? Jo- and you see before he finishes that off, he's uh sea branch of like like, uh, yes, yes, this is um Fiddle. You know, the young prodigy I had a few years ago. Um, very bright lad, very bright lad and um you see Archibald's like very well you both may approach or all three of you may approach who, who are you you all just stand there just eyeballing us like who, who, why are they here Alminster and you see he's like looking around for all of you three or Belladonna included to join in on the debate
3: we are at the nine house. we've been um aware of this threat to the prime material plane for months now at this point and we've been pushing a concerted effort to try and save the world. The problem is, we're doing it alone, so far. We're asking for help. And we're asking for the best, because we need the best. And, Honestly, um, it, looking at the world the way it is currently, it's like a blacksmith caring, caring for his most prized sword. Making sure it's the sharpest, the sharpest in his store never uses it never uses it for training because it's you know far too precious for that but then when bandits run into his home and are burning it down instead of grabbing the sharpest sword and the best made one he grabs a hammer because he doesn't want to all right all
1: right all right is this is this story going anywhere because i honestly have other things to do today and i can't stay all day just listening to like analogies about blacksmiths all right i'm far way 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 too important to
3: be listening to about this so what's your point do you want to save the world or would you rather the world ends
1: rather the world keeps on turning as it does
3: Good, then please well, you don't render do anything, aid. it won't. Yeah, you need to render aid. It's as simple as that.
4: It's not a do you want to, and of course, you have a choice, but there is only one correct answer, and it's yes, you do help. You
1: see, um, he looks over and he's like, listen how well do you lot know our histories because it seems to me every time there is a world ending threat and I have lived through quite a few now Uh, I know some of you uh, and he looks over to you John Claude and you Gregory um, almost like as humans so kind of like assuming I know you're not very elderly races I have lived through quite a few times I've lived through the time of troubles. I have lived to see the aftermath of Carthus's Folly. Obviously, I wasn't there for that, but, you know, I've, I've seen a lot. And do you know what people used to always say during those times? It was the end of the world. The world is going to die. And do you know what happened? It kept on turning.
4: Because somebody stepped up and did something, you moron. <laughs> you, see, you see all the great
1: readers sort of <laughs> shuffle the spot, eat awkwardly at the uh, comment. And you see um, uh, uh, Archibald just sit back onto a seat with like a smirk. Uh, almost a smirk of like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> and he's just like, so what are you all going to do then? You're going to slay Aserac? How are you going to do that?
4: Well, we've got his fucking phylactery, you idiot.
1: You see, all the great readers all look over at Archibald. You see, he leans forward and he's like, Is that so? Do you have it with you?
3: We do.
4: Well, show us. Oh, sorry, no. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't think you'd wanted anything to do with this. So why should we show you it? You see, he's like eyeballing you, Gregory, and he's like,
1: "You!" And he shouts over to you, John Claude. You've been quite quiet. Is there something you're staring at in particular, or are you just like
2: observing people? Uh, no, my social battery just ran out. I'm afraid. <laughs> You see,
1: (laughs) you see, Archibald just sort of sighing. You're expecting Candlekeep. Sorry, requesting or asking for aid, however you want to sugarcoat it. You're asking for me to put my students, my learned teachers, in mortal danger
4: for by doing nothing. You're putting them in danger. Shut up.
2: Keep going. Okay. Not you. <laughs> me? <laughs> no.
1: As I was saying, thank you. And he sort of like, gives you uh, one of those like knowing nods, but he's you, you like, oh. um, you're asking me to put my students in mortal danger for a so-called phylactery that you say exists, that you say is in your possession. Now, I'm sorry, but that's a lot of trust that we're having to put in you that you're not putting in us
2: so like, from my standpoint fine, I'm happy to yes. show you the phylactery and all of that stuff but you've been a big fucking baby if I'm honest with you so I think you need to put your big boy pants on and realize that the world's ending
0: oh oh I
2: don't see anything outside of these four fucking round walls where 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 my students
1: where where where
2: like, he <laughs> seriously, you need to, like, just sort of get a grip, to be honest with you. So, I'm sorry, do we all have of you answer to this, moron? <laughs> we want to destroy the phylactery, and specifically, we would very much like your help, because we think you can help. Because, as I heard Fiddle say earlier, you've got an awful lot of knowledge in here that you sort of lock away and go, Ah, oh, the world's ending, if only there was something we could do while sat on the cure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yes, please, here's the phylactery. Phil,
3: Gregory. Okay, and I pull the flat tree out of the bag of
1: holding. Okay, so you show the flat tree after JC. You kind of step forwards, give this rendi- well al- almost a rundown of the whole great reader table. Right. How I'm going to do this is I want one of you to roll me persuasion, one of you to roll me intimidation, and the other one to roll me performance.
4: I'll do intimidation.
3: Persuasion, please. Yeah, I got a no. plus
4: eight performance,
3: so I'll take performance. We'll Sounds good. Okay. Persuasion and intimidation. You've got a plus four intimidation, but yeah. I assume Bobby's got higher. Yeah, plus I've got ten. a plus eight to both performance and persuasion, but you've got a minus one to performance. Yeah, okay. I'll do persuasion. Sounds good. Three, two, one, roll. Nice. Twenty-two. Eighteen.
1: Sorry, 12. what was that? <laughs> so, 12, 18. 22. 22. Okay, John Cords, you present the Flactory. And again, it's not um, in the bubble anymore. It's got like this um, magical kind of rune in it that suppresses the magic for three days. Um, so you can hold it safely without it harming you. You present it to the great readers' table and you see all of them sit up on their seats and look over at the table. They they seem very aware about this whole situation and seeing the flattery, they're like, shit, like the threat is real, you know, it's like seeing is believing, right? And you see the Keeper of the Tomes, very agitated about the the tone, tone of your voice that you've all spoken to him, seems to be looking over at all the great readers. And you see Brant steps up and he's like, "I for one vouch for Fiddle and his friends. They are, well, they're heroes. heroes. They, yeah, they they will save the world. I I believe we should give him full reign of the library, and we should I help like
2: this guy. Yes, everyone listen to that guy. Too. Yeah, high five to this guy. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. This guy's great. He understands.
3: That's good. We like this guy.
1: You see um, the, the very beautiful featured Drow, Avondar, Alof, stands up.
3: I concur with Brantafract. <laughs> hey, we like this guy too. Yes, yeah, three cheers for
2: these two guys.
3: You Huzzah. see Ooh. Finland we Canabaro.
2: We don't want to take anything from you. I can't stress this enough. This isn't for personal gain. We don't want anything. We won't take anything with us. Well, unless it's necessary for the quest, but I'm not. I don't know. I don't know what you think we're here for. To everybody else in the room, I, you know, the world's ending. I'm quite tired of having this conversation. Honestly, if we had the choice, we'd go home. We don't have that. <laughs> Wait, choice we're, we're kind of
3: tired now. And here's then. I would have gone home months ago. <laughs> you see, Archibald. I've got a bakery and a
2: lady friend who I keep getting killed all the time, or nearly you think I want to do that and also if, if we can't f- find a way to destroy the phyl- phylactery I'm going to have to kill Belladonna or she's going to have to kill me right? trust me this really isn't in my best interest but oh wait it is because the fabric of reality is sort of you know <laughs>
0: you so see, I think it's in
2: your best interest too everybody it's not about me it's not about Fiddle or Gregory or how grumpy and tired and dirty and gross we are we need help from every able-bodied anybody, please.
1: You see and the carrots. The, the, uh, <laughs> the druid-looking fellow with the long, rugged beard and the rags on his head, a great reader buff following me, stands up. He's
0: like,
1: "Oh yes, um, the uh, crazy human has a point. I, uh, I concur. We should all help in this effort. It shouldn't be just these individuals suffering for our greater good. And you see yeah, yeah. Keeper of the Tomes looks over at great reader Finland Cannavaro um, the elderly um, gnomish fellow um, very green beard and like flicked up long white hair stands up and he's like the book should be preserved always this is our greatest duty as great readers, I think we should abstain, we should let him have free reign in the library but that's it, no aid from Candlekeep And you see the Keeper of the Tomes nods, uh, in defeat to him, but in success to you all. Stands up and he's like, yes, well, um, that's uh, three votes to one. So, Candlekeep will join your fight. You'll have free reign of the library, Nine Hells Company, and... uh, Elminster he will help in extracting the Purple Dragon Knights from Cormir to help in the fight at Cloud Peaks. You see Elminster, who is sort of unsteady on his walking stick, putting all his weight on it. Thank you Archibald. I know we don't see why, eye, but this is, <coughs> this is the right thing to do. And, and he looks over to you three.
3: Hip hip, hip. Uh, hip hip! Huzzah! Hip hip! Huzzah! Hip hip! Huzzah! Hi, how is that even in so. question it's the right thing to do? I don't understand. We keep having these
2: arguments with people. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine. Like, at a certain it point, they have to just realise that they're just it's being fine. Facetious. It's fine. <laughs> the next... Huzzah. Before before they change their minds, huzzah. quick, quick <laughs> to the libraries let go to the library. Thank you very so, much, Archie!
1: <laughs> you see, he hates it that you say that. <laughs> um, so, in the next day, because this is sort of how we're doing this, um, you've been given lodgings while you're at Candlekeep to do your research. Again, you are on some sort of uh, time frame with the phylactery three days. Um, Brantifract has come up to you, fiddle. Um, They've organized all the mages to essentially start using the teleportation circles because um, they can ritually cast that to start teleporting all the purple dragon knights with Queen Alucere to candlekeep. Um, he asks for your help in that effort as well. He says every single mage needs help to extract that many people um, in the short amount of time they're doing it because they're trying to get people in the next five days to start marching towards Cloud Peak. So he asked for your help, but that means you won't be able to help with the research with the library and it'll be up to Gregory and John Claude. Um, That's up
3: to you, obviously, if you want to do that or not. Yeah, uh, no, sorry. (laughs) We've been given our task. We have three days to complete this. I don't want my friends to die. Okay. Get as many people as you can. Fuse teleports.
4: Phil, I suggest that you do. I mean... Me and JC, we are capable, and we will need every able-bodied person here and ready to fight. So if you yeah, could it. lend a hand.
3: We do, but I mean, they've got, they've got every wizard who's capable of casting teleportation circles to cast them. That's, you know, going to be quite a few wizards there. I'm going to be one of many there, getting a few more knights into the battle. Well, the battle's a bit useless, unless our enemy is mortal. So, I'm going to focus on making the man mortal, not getting a few more people to find him. Does that make sense? It does, but I understand. Okay.
1: That's a valid choice, by the way. Um, Okay, so you spend the rest of this day perusing the archives of Candlekeep. So, in the annotated map, uh, you will see. So you've got at the north side of the ward, you've got the north library, the east library and the west library. It's all um, separated up into different clusters of buildings. Uh, there are bridges that are connecting each and every one with courtyards in the middle of all three. They all kind of surround a big courtyard. Now, I'm basically going to have uh, have you sort of tell me what kind of research you're doing and roll an investigation for those specific kinds of research um, into those uh, specific fields. So if there's anything you have in mind, Fiddle, or John Claude, or Gregory, now's the time.
3: Mm. Um, okay, let's find out exactly what's been done with um, phylacteries before. How people have created them, how people have destroyed them. Maybe one of us should uh, do some research on how this one was specifically made. If there's any research on that at all. Just, um, yeah, you know, Aseract in general. Who has the highest history? Roll. Oh, i got plus seven. Mm. That's better than both mine and... JC's. Okay, so Gregory, I think you should research the history of Asarac specifically see if there's any mention of his phylactery being created in any sort of historical times we'll do um i'm going to search specifically about
4: um, well don't we more. already know we already know how it was created
3: we do we do it was yeah created in a fire
4: thing wasn't it No, yeah, i mean we've we've seen it already the visions so yeah, we're pretty much you know, clued right. up about how that goes
3: you are right, I was just hoping for more clues essentially. Whether there was any specific spells or anything. I don't know. I really don't know. We should just generally search, I suppose. I think I'm going to research specifically, or more more in general terms, about phylacteries. To see whether yeah. they always are, you know, created similarly, whether they're created separately. I think that's a good starting spot. Whether any have been defeated before. Hmm, maybe that's what you should look up. your history bro like yeah whether you can find any notable cases of, of destroyed phylacteries and i'll look in a more arcane sense at phylacteries in general okay
2: sounds good jc um suppose i'll look for the manufacture of phylacteries yeah that works
3: that works we already know how this specific one was done but looking at their general use we might find out that they always require a sacrifice we might find out that only sometimes they do yeah we could find out things like that so yeah the history of destroyed phylacteries the like magic of phylacteries what their actual mechanics are behind them even though we sort of already know a lot of these specifics but yeah but we need we need more we need more and then jc will look into the manufacture anything 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 about the manufacturing of them yeah
1: yeah 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 you've oh, essentially good. got like a kind of a broken jigsaw puzzle and you just need the rest of the pieces exactly, just to fill yeah. in the blanks
3: so i'm hoping um, that i can roll an arcana check bobby can roll a history check and jc can roll an investigation check
1: yeah i mean as long as you reason it this is sort of like an rp research sort of thing so as long as yeah. your reasoning's are sound I, I will allow it um so how i'll do this is i have you all of you roll me a d20 and this will decide in what order we go in
3: Got nobody get a 20. <laughs> 19. 13. 17. All really good rolls. <laughs> 19, 17,
0: 13. Okay. Now
3: get ready for our 2 2 1.
1: Fiddle. Okay, so, um, <laughs> Gregory, tell me specifically what you're
4: researching. Uh, on. Processes of destroying villag So, how previous villag have been destroyed? Okay.
1: Roll me a uh, is it a history check? History. Doing? Yeah. Okay. okay. Roll me a history check. Uh, oh, by the okay. way, all of your rolls will have advantage as well because you're all kind oh, of helping nice. out each other. Okay.
4: Very nice. Uh, that's twenty six.
1: Twenty six. Okay. So. Going through the history, um, I don't have a whole encyclopedia in the back of my head, but the liches that come to uh, the books that you find straight away. Um, one of them that is uh, currently existing is one called Saz Tam, who is the leader of the Red Wizards of Fae. Uh mm-hmm.
3: You've you've met such Red Wizards. Um, we have in the D and D movie. <laughs>
2: yeah i remember that
3: <laughs> yeah. sponsor yeah, us please i think you we watched only watched it, it uh, we might have watched it twice I don't it's, on, it's on
2: amazon now is it oh
4: okay.
3: yeah. might give that another watch that's pretty good
2: yeah i did it i i really liked it i love that movie owlbear was my favorite <laughs> that was good <laughs> how was he you didn't
1: mention that before josh
0: <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> Got, <in>. Got him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, OK, um, yeah. Quick Google is not uh, helping us out either. So there, there are a number of um, records of liches throughout Feyrune history. Um, I don't have all of them off the top of my head. Uh, the main one and and probably the major character in Feyrune um, is Saztam. I'd say is uh, one of the most iconic ones. Um, you have got one that was based off the war um, in the Warlock's Crypt, which is a place on the Feyrune map along the Sword Coast. And there would have been accounts of them in Neverese. I can't remember specifically, but I know there were lich or people that achieved lichdom. Through, um, uh, that were neverees. So the process in destroying it, because that's what you asked for specifically right? How they were destroyed. Yeah. So each Flactory to read off um, the uh, monster manual Uh, Destroying a Lich's tree is no easy task and often requires a special ritual, item or weapon. Every tree is unique and discovering the key to its destruction can be a quest in and on of of itself. So every time you've come across a story of a previous Lich, um, because there have been a number of them throughout Faerun history, each time uh, it's talked about a brave adventuring party that has destroyed the phylactory. The phylactory has come in different shapes and sizes. And the key to destroying it has been all different methods. In the sense of each phylactory has been created uniquely. And is also equally as um, unique in destroying it. So there is no base method for destroying a lich's phylactory. Because there is uh, the method to creating it isn't a simple one either. Most of it... <clears throat> as I said, requires a special ritual, item or weapon. They are the ways to destroy the phylactery. So you know it's either a special ritual, item or weapon. There's no other ways of like destroying destroying it. You can't just throw it in a volcano Um, unless that comes in the special ritual, I guess. Um, It's quite all covering with that. Mm-hmm. Um. In terms of looking for Aserach, and mentions of him, or it, sorry, I, like, I, I, I feel like I just referenced Aserach as him, but I do kind of mean it, um, I, I've corrected mm-hmm. myself several times already with that. Uh, the only things you can find on him are two storybooks. One about the luminous fisherman, yeah. and the other one about the House of um, Dark Consumption seems to be no other written um, text for them and there's also been a study in Candlekeep an essay that's written on these books itself because with Candlekeep and how vast and how big it is like if you imagine you've got just um, huge huge chambers absolutely massive almost cave-like that have like pillars just stacked full of books and these pillars are thick with books there's just catalogues of stuff And the essay is basically essentially saying how it mentions the correlating thing about these two things. It's almost like the beginning research of uh, what Elminster was doing before you lot picked it up. Mm -hmm. But it basically confirms that Aceract is not of this world. It's um, this lich that has reappeared in different stories um, is in fact a lich from Oerth, which is a different world entirely. Um, so you, you can kind of confirm that which you already know. Um, it also mentions a subtab in here and it says about Asaract and something that has been described in its image has been going around in the Divine Plains, just travelling there free of will and has been usurping monikers and the only one written down here is saying that this Asarak usurped the moniker of Malar it took Malar um, and took control of it which is information again you already know but that was its first steps in ascending to Godhood but that's where this uh, essay ends so you don't have any more information but maybe a clearer picture
4: yeah dead-ended in that one in terms of new information yeah um, what I've gathered from that it's we have to burn a loved one in a shack by a lake it seems like that
1: is the way to destroy it from that specific information yes
4: yeah okay
1: okay moving on to the next one is um, oh sorry can you roll me a d6 please um, Gregory yes Three. Three. It took you three hours to conduct that research. Okay, uh, JC. Please. Um, tell me the uh, research you're conducting.
2: I would like to go to the Tower of Elixir, please, and look at potions. I've changed my plan. I have an idea.
1: Okay. So. You've been given free reign and it's weird, um, as everyone is off on this effort to teleport basically half of Kormir mm. over to here, it's almost like it's like vacated, you've just got all these like understudies that are almost like standing guard, So you can walk up to him, almost blag your way into any sort of room and yeah, um, what normally would have been an absolute ball lake to just argue your way in, you just kind of walk into the Tower of Elixir. Um, the site isn't what you expect. There's cages everywhere. Like human cages. Like, oh dear. Oh. There are alchemy stands absolutely everywhere. There is like a, a whole chemical shop. If you imagine like Shrek 2 with the fairy godmothers like factory, mm-hmm. you've got just uh everything being mass produced here. And you see there are individuals in these cages, um all like <coughs> like coffins spluttering, almost like if you imagine like a Victorian London um, a bunch of people with the plague and um, witch doctors trying to cure them. There's almost a similar theme to that, um, except from these people seem to be people with innate magical abilities. Sorcerers. And you see there's people that are like alchemists creating potions and then experimenting with these people. And getting different results each time. Um, there's a lot going on here, but there is also a lot of potions. So, what is your plan, John Gord?
2: Um, I'm actually, I'd say, I'd like to go to the people first and ask for a skilled sorcerer slash alchemist.
1: That's easy enough to find. You see, uh, there's this... Does, uh, does someone pipe no, up confidently? Yeah, there's this elderly um, half-orc woman um, who kind of walks over to you, she's very hunched. Um, she's got like glasses on the
2: tip of her nose, she's like, oh,
1: Yes, uh, hello, hey, uh, can I help you? I'm a bit busy uh, yes, on my Yes, you research.
2: can. Yeah, uh, 10 gold pieces to follow me around for the next 30 minutes, please. Uh, Not even that, probably. 20.
1: Uh, is this important?
2: Yes. The fate of the world important Uh,
1: make it 20
2: 20, done (laughs)
1: alright lead the way, you see she doesn't really need the money, she's kind of fucking with you
2: (coughs) (laughs) whatever, fine I remove 20 gold from my um,
1: okay, reluctantly give it to the half orc old old lady who just kind of puts it on the side as soon as you give it to her and then kind of follows
2: you around She gets two platinum pieces instead,
0: oh okay she um, that.
2: okay, so um what I need um, I need um uh potions of love, please of love, I want to fall in love with uh an animal, not for very long okay um
0: <laughs> where's this guy <going>, josh <laughs> okay so yeah you've got um
1: i believe it's pronounced filter of love is that is that a f- f- like. is it filter of love or filter of love a p-h-i-l-t-e-r yeah 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 well, yeah that, that's that's essentially your arm um, love potion it's like a oh. charmed effect Oh no normally um, to you regard as your true love while you're charmed
2: oh man, what am I normally attracted to uh sheep
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: the creature needs to be a species and gender you are normally attracted to
2: okay amazing so um the half orc lady helps me find this. Yes, yeah. There, there is a
1: the whole shit ton that you can choose from. Like you know, uh, yeah. Take as many as you want. But this,
2: this, this is this is the love potion. They're, they're, I can't imagine you have many. This is basically uh, th- this is y- this is my option. This is my choice here, right?
1: You, you'd be surprised. A lot of people ask for these potions over in Waterdeep and boulders Gate. <laughs> okay,
2: um, perfect, amazing. Can you, can you improve this? You said you're skilled in alchemy can you can you make can you you know can you change it
1: make it permanent is that what you want
2: no no I don't want to make it permanent I want to make the effects of the charm more um, uh, freeing more open like I said right let me explain to you what I've got to do I need to murder someone I love to save the world or not just not not me specifically. Somebody needs to murder some someone they love, and I'm trying to avoid killing a person. Do you have any deathly sick old people I could borrow? <laughs> I'm really yeah, clutching she... at straws here.
1: You you see like um I imagine like J C is like kind of fumbling through this conversation like very like um socially awkward, and she's just taking it all in, nodding, and she's just um slowly sipping a t um a cup of tea. Yeah. And she looks down at your feet, starts nodding, and then, as you say, sickly old people, she's like, Yeah, we got a few. How much are they worth to you?
2: Um, well, I sort of, I'd like them to be willing, to be honest with you, sort of like uh, euthanasia. I
1: can, I can make them willing, don't worry
2: about no, that. No, 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 no.
1: <sighs> it's all right, we've had a few of your kind in here before, it's all good. No. No, no, no shame. Oh, no I. Shame.
2: Ah, uh, you're not... Fine. No. Uh, well, I'll take this potion. 20 gold pieces and this is the best you've got for me? This is bullshit.
0: I
1: can, I can whip you up something better.
2: You can. Good. Okay. Mm. So... <laughs> please make me fall in love with an animal. An something like animal. an ant. An, an ant? A sheep? Anything. Anything that we won't feel guilty about murdering. I need to kill somebody. Remember, listen to me, listen to me, and say it back to me. (laughs) In order to save the world, I, Jean-Claude, need to murder someone I love.
1: In order to save the world, I, Jean-Claude, need to murder someone I love.
2: Right. Help me, please, so I don't have to murder my partner. Okay. Okay. We haven't actually discussed it, so we might just be friends, but... Alright. Uh, have we discussed it's
1: take, it? It's gonna take me a couple of hours, but I think I can I can whip up something for you.
2: Alright, amazing. Fine. I'll be back. Right. What time is it now?
1: Uh, I don't know. Is it still day out?
2: It is. Uh, have you, have we we got, got the a clock? Tower? Hey Siri, what time is it? Hey Siri. <laughs> Amazing! Amazing. It's it's nine thirty-nine in the morning.
1: (laughs) Alright, if you if you um if you come back about midday, one o'clock, I might have something for you. Okay.
2: Yeah. Alright. Okay. Fine. Can I keep this potion anyway? And you work with other ones around you. Twenty gold. Twenty more.
1: Yeah, twenty more.
2: Done. Uh, Actually, for twenty more, I need I need that done by like sort of quarter past eleven. It gets done when it gets done. Fine. 20 gold. Two more platinum pieces.
1: Pleasure doing business with you. And she gives you like a wink. Thank you very much.
2: See you soon, darling.
1: And you see she goes off to an alchemy lab and starts like... (laughs) She seems to like really, like, um, very um, disturbingly enjoy her work.
2: Um, so... Um, ooh, okay. I would like to go off and rummage around and do other stuff since I have time, but I appreciate we must proceed, but I don't think I could probably do much more.
1: Well, I mean, you can do, if you want to say specifically if there's anything you want to do.
2: Yeah, I'd like to go to the offices next, please, and sort of repeat my mantra of I need to murder someone in order to save the world. How can I... ideas, please. Let's go.
1: Okay, so you're just asking around
2: as a sounding board, seeing if anyone's got any advice. Yeah, you know, repeating that sort of, that that similar mantra, I need to murder someone I love in order to save the world. Uh, Well, what's the least painful way we can do this? Do you have any ideas? I've got somebody working on a potion now that might make me fall in love with a sheep or something, but I can't guarantee murdering the sheep will be good enough to to destroy the phylactery, you know, so... But if you've got anything, you know, really clutching the straws here, otherwise I'm probably going to die. So, okay, love to help. Thanks, friends. Rob, Rob, persuasion check. Okay. Uh, is it too late to use my inspiration? No, I won't. Eleven. Um, from asking about
1: all the students, the uh, yeah, the students, the teachers, um they all seem pretty taken aback by the love potion thing this is sort of Ollie speaking through them in a way and it's like yeah mm-hmm. that might actually do the trick um, might be a good good loophole for working um, in terms of other loopholes no one seems to know any um, but someone does mention that they remember recalling there is another method for destroying a phylactery um, but they can't recall the specifics of it but it doesn't involve killing a loved one
2: Okay, amazing. Um, You. uh, 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 Come with me, please. Can you? uh, Wait, no, doesn't matter. I'll come back to you. I'll be back in a minute. Can I run back to my other lady and then go and ask her for a potion of uh, remembering?
0: (laughs) Um, Shut up.
1: So she's about an hour done with this potion. She's like halfway through.
2: she's like, yes? Um... Could you point me to Potions of Remembering? Ah... Up, down, left, just the general direction, just point and grunt.
1: Please. It's gonna be another 200 gold.
2: Fuck off, 200 gold? Never mind, don't worry about it. Investigation check. Okay, probably an investigation check. You found, you find some Potion of Remembering. Amazing. i don't know what, what, I run back to what, my bloke who said he thinks he remembers about some phylactery that's going to be different anyway but I want to know what he has to say about the subject. Please drink this. I don't know if there is a potion of remembering. <laughs> you told me I found it too late. <laughs> <laughs> Put myself then in memory. it. No, Remem- No.
0: Remember? <laughs> potion I of don't, remembering.
1: I don't think there is, you know. Fine. Um, what else? There's a, po- there's a potion of forgetting.
2: Oh, I don't have enough time to have a... Right, okay. Um, well, I might go back to her. Uh, let me... So can I go into, Okay, fine. I find no so potions of remembering.
1: So this is can sort of I'm... stuff I, I, I would say, like, um, you could, like, personally request for, or if you were proficient in um, brewing um i would say you could create your own sort of potions to do it but in terms of like the actual catalogue for D anD D, there isn't a potion of remembering but i i do like where the thought process is though like it's is quite quite out of the box thinking i quite like it okay well i'll let um um, um fiddle go no, that's all right well i would say after your two hours you go back to the old lady D anyway um yeah and She goes, Ego, dear, one very strong love potion. And she kind of hands it over to you. And she's like, I've specifically tuned it. So you fall in love with a cat. And then you
2: can do whatever you need to do with that. Sinister. I like it. Very well. Thank you very much, darling. Okay. You've been an absolute pleasure. Oh, and your aroma is just gorgeous.
1: You see, she starts biting her, up, uh, her bottom lip and sort of looking you up and down. She's like, So's yours, darling. Come back soon. Gotta go. Okay. Give her a wink. <laughs> I'm off. She gives you like a slap on the ass as you run off. <laughs> John Claude loves the old ladies.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, right. Fiddle. Yes. <clears throat> Same thing as I've said to the other two.
3: So, yeah, to begin with, fiddle just like to research um phylacteries in general. he's also milling over some other things, but phylacteries and how they specifically relate to lichdom, and how that situation works, okay, the actual like the the uh. mechanics that go on behind the scenes, you mentioned that there was you know they don't cohere to the weave, so where does that magic come from? mmm. Okay,
1: and this is going to be an Arcana check, correct?
3: Yeah, please. Okay,
1: roll me an Arcana check. Remember, this is with advantage as well. So how I'm kind of picturing this is Beautiful. like, um, JC would come in and help you fiddle for like 15 minutes mm. and then head off. And then <clears throat> Gregory will come in, obviously going to collect a book and say, oh, maybe you should check this page and, you know, walk yeah. off. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, hey, that's a 31 my god <laughs> okay so pertaining to how you create lichdom is um... right let's just go through So, to read off the monster manual no wizard takes up the path of lichdom on a whim the process of becoming a lich is a well-guarded secret and it is a very long process Um, Wizards usually gets information from a a fiend, an evil god, or other foul entities that will kind of um, sort of incite the evilness of it, however, um, you know, they demand a service in return, hence why a lot of liches are in servitude. a lich is created by an arcane ritual that traps the wizard's soul within a flattery, doing so binds the soul to the mortal world, preventing it from traveling to the outer planes after death. A phylactery is traditionally different shapes—an amulet or small box—and uh, the dark magic is inscribed in silver onto whatever the object is. While the flattery is prepared, the f- future lich drinks a potion of transformation a vile concoction of poison mixed with the blood of a sentient creature whose soul is sacrificed to the Flattery. so in order to create the um in the first place you gotta like uh, find an item inscribe silver in it and you gotta drink uh, a concoction of poison mixed with the blood of whoever you sacrificed the wizard falls dead from the poison and rises a lich as its soul is drawn out of its body and into the Flattery, where it remains so that is how a phylactery is created. Um, it is also maintained through the same thing. A phylactery requires periodically feeding of souls, and this is, uh, you know, all part and parcel of like you know, it's, it is arduous being a lich. There is a lot of process and upkeep to it. You know that when a lich's body is destroyed um, its soul goes back to the phylactery and after a certain amount of time it <coughs> sort of comes out from the phylactery once more and then the phylactery is destroyed so you can kill a lich and then it will use that phylactery destroy it and it will come back and then that lich needs to create another phylactery in order to maintain the immortality so if you kill a lich twice it's dead forever. There is another method. There is also a third one because you rolled a fir- 31. Yeah. That you read in between the lines. You can also starve a Lich to death. The phylactery needs periodically mm. to feed souls to maintain the magic. If you don't maintain the magic of the phylactery, its body so, the lich's body um, may fall apart and eventually it almost becomes feral and becomes a demi lich. So, it stops uh, regaining all its senses, it almost just becomes like an animal. If it doesn't feed the phylactery, which maybe isn't a solution, but the lich Asaract will cease to be and it'll just become like a bit more of a mindless, undead husk that can cast spells. Um, you also know that um, if anything has been sacrificed recently to the Flattery within 24 hours if you use a ninth level Dispel Magic on it you can release the creature. Um, nice. After the 24 hours the creature is consumed and destroyed utterly. So out of your Arcana check you've learned of two new methods.
3: Interesting. So how long do I think it would take to start a Lich? into Demi So there's no
1: specific time for this but so it takes 24 hours to consume and then it requires souls periodically now if I go off the Tomb of Annihilation book which um, the whole premise of the book is based around Asarak and he sets up a tomb for the traps for adventurers to go in and brave through basically many adventurers die and when they die in this tomb they get absorbed into the flat tree now adventurers come and go so there are spaces in between i will say with your 31 you'll be looking at from anywhere between three months two to three months to a year okay
3: so nothing we can Just do in
1: three days nothing you can do in three days but yeah there is a time period to that but that is also a method
3: yeah that's fair okay
1: so um is there is there anything else you want to glean from that or are you
0: um happy with
3: yeah that? I think with his 31 I think Fiddle would like to um know where he's going to go if he dies. Because I think he's worried about it. He sort of, definitely, he wasn't there when JC said it, but JC has probably said it once or twice. Okay, Don't we just know any, like, sick old people who are terminally ill? And every time that JC has said something like that, Fiddle has thought to himself, Well, I am getting on a bit. And I think I might be terminally ill with the weave collapsing. I think I might die soon anyway, so... <laughs> There is an obvious choice. So I think he's just feeling a bit, um feeling his mortality a little bit. Mm. So he'd like to know what would happen to his soul if he dies. Maybe some way to No Fix that. Okay.
1: Um roll me a D six
3: fiddle. I'll Three, three. So,
1: <clears throat> after all your research, JC, you're the first to finish. You're waiting around for about an hour before Gregory and Fiddle come and find you about simultaneously. As you're sort of like sat in a um, almost like a large library, there's like loads of like different benches with like um, floating lights that are creating a nice low atmosphere in this room just sort of waiting around. There's a little lounge area with a fireplace um, where you can chill out or you know sit down um, but that is where you are hanging out John claude before Gregory and Fiddle come in almost at the same time in different directions.
3: Well I learned nothing new. I <laughs> mean neither really. I did find out that you can starve a lich and it goes mental. I'm not sure that would actually be beneficial though having Aceract just a madman instead of a clever madman but um yeah it would take you know months year maybe
4: and
0: we can
3: kill him twice we
4: can kill him twice we kill him the first time
2: he pops back out of the factory and you kill him again hmm Oh, actually, instead of sitting down for that hour, could I spent that hour looking for a cat? For another cat? <laughs> um, yeah,
1: roll me another investigation check. Thank you. Uh, this time I'll say it's a flat roll because no one's yep. helping you. Cause yeah. Oh, that was flat last time.
2: Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, should have been with advantage. What, can this one be with advantage?
3: Yeah, why is he rolling investigation? Surely it's a survival check to find a cat.
2: Uh. Yeah, I suppose.
3: Yeah, you
1: can
2: make an argument for that. Yeah, gun in advantage. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> okay. Wait. Investigation? Or survival? Whatever you prefer. Okay. 21. Nice. 21. Need okay, a
1: so. Catch a cat. <laughs> <laughs> you. Um start looking around Candlekeep and you go high and low again there are just um, a miasma of different buildings Um, you can easily climb onto rooftop of one that almost acts as like a small staircase up into another rooftop and you start searching around for an hour and you see one it's right at the edge of a rooftop a little ginger cat that seems to be um, there and it seems to be uh, on the balcony of someone's uh, little home, their little uh, kind of oh, no. dormitory, I'm and steal a kitten from a child. <laughs> <laughs> you see there's this, um, it's, it's this it's this human male, and he's got like bright rosy cheeks, a bushy beard, and he's just like doo 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 do do." And he seems happy as Mary, just folding up his clothes and putting them away in the wardrobe, and you're like, "hmm." and then you look over out past the inner wards and you hear this meow and it just recognizes instantly I don't know how don't ask me but you look past the wall and you see coming out of the pillars of pedagogy all the purple dragon knights coming from Kormir all coming to aid in the war effort and you see one of the knights is holding a black cat in his arms
2: oh shit it's the one from the royal ball the one you left The one I never gave a name to because it
1: died instantly. The one you know,
2: yeah, it's
1: that cat. It's, uh, some knight has taken care of it and is now, like, on his shoulder, just sort of, like, powering nicely. And you spot it from this rooftop
3: and you're looking at a ginger cat and then your old cat and a ginger cat. Can't steal your old cat. (laughs) Somebody's taking care of it. You can't steal it just to kill it.
2: (laughs) He's a member of the Nine Hells. This other cat's a civilian. has to be my cat. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) That was a really good justification to be fair. (laughs) That was really well done.
3: (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to have
1: you roll me a persuasion check to basically run out into the Court of Air and persuade this knight that you do own the cat to begin with and you need to take
2: it back. Yeah, I'm not mentioning the death thing. Yeah. Persuasion. Persuasion. Um, would he oh. take money for the cat? No. <laughs> then um, he doesn't give me the cat. <laughs> What'd you roll? I, I've got a nine. Nine. Okay. <clears throat> so,
1: as the hour passes and you both walk into the room, and JC, you walk back into the room. Um, JC, you take five points of bludgeoning damage as you have your old cat back in your arms, but you see JC walks in with a black eye as he Uh, has just fought someone off for a cat.
2: Cool. Cool. Nice.
1: As you all kind of walk in simultaneously, um, Gregory, you're like, I haven't learned anything new and then fiddles like, I learned you can starve a lich, and then John-Claude, you come slamming into the study with a black eye and a cat.
2: <laughs> Ta-da! How oh, not useful as ever. What? Look at this cat I found. <laughs> well, I hope you guys did something useful. <laughs> so you didn't... I don't mention my plan. <laughs> I did not <couldn't laughs> learn anything, man. What well, anyway, did you guys yeah, learn? so
4: you can...
3: Eh, not much you either,
2: but a... at least we were trying. I'm um, well actually, twice. so I do have a very strong love potion. Oh yeah. So, that opens up our victims. See, she
3: calling anyway. them victims? Means, yeah, it's not <laughs> a problem. Really. Tribute? Tribute is better. It gives them a sacrifice. bit more dignity. Is Volunteer is what I would like. Volunteer would be good. We're still what killing someone What about Yep. It's got to be a sacrifice from our end, right?
2: Yeah. <sighs> it's a problem. Yeah, I'm going to stop by the old people's home on the way out.
3: <laughs> we don't love any old people.
2: That's what the love potion's for.
3: <laughs> I see. Well, what so about you might this? be able to trick it that way, but you also might not. You might just kill an old granny for no reason.
2: They'll die when the world ends anyway. Mm. Yes, it's, true. it's irrelevant.
0: <sighs> this
4: yeah, so this
3: lich twice. There's <laughs> got to be another way.
4: Well, you can kill it twice. So you kill Asterhack for the first time, he pops out of his phylactery, the phylactery breaks, but we put this phylactery in a place where we know he's going to come back and then we get the world's most powerful mages to zap him as soon as he hops out.
0: <laughs>
4: zap him. Zap. zap. Dead.
3: Hmm. I mean, yeah, that is one option. I one not tell is that... Are we certain that's how that works? And that he doesn't just... You know, come yeah. Out that's of basically that's then, that's okay,
1: that's exactly day. how it works. We can. Probably a good idea. So, essentially, you have three courses in front of you, which I think, to be fair, might be good to have some time to think about it. You've got one, which is tricking someone into loving you and sacrificing them. Two, killing the lich twice. Or free, starving the lich by waiting a few more months.
2: I
0: mean, can we justifiably
2: wait a few months? Thousands will die, if that, not tens. That is, the is problem, probably right? the least um, attractive option in front mm, of you. I think I we imagine. can probably write that option off. I would sooner die than than hope that we are able to starve it to death whilst men, women and children fight for
3: their lives. Him, it doesn't stop him, he just loses his faculties and becomes crazy. He's still a very powerful lich on the loose. No,
2: so,
4: not that. Not that. Mm. Well, then, so we well i say killing him. Twice is the killing twice is the path of, you know, we don't have to sacrifice anyone, we can skip that part out. Mm. We can do the original killing, and then we've just set this up in a place here, or maybe in Sanctuary, and then we just get everyone to zap him at the same time. Should just wipe him out instantly. Should. I mean, should. Ideally, right? Or, I do have Ray's dead. Oh, yeah. So, we could potentially kill someone, and then afterwards, I can just bring them back fully
2: healed. Mm, I assume it's going to be a pretty permanent death
4: yeah
1: also raise dead isn't the same as like um revivify or um mm, resurrection
3: yeah. Raise dead just brings like a body back to life as a zombie but i was yeah, thinking this well, is revivify the yeah the soul is could. willing to come like back. belladonna's not here with us right now we could we could tell belladonna that unfortunately she needs to kill jc she kills him and we bring him back but the trouble is what if it doesn't work <laughs>